0: To highlight several things in the chapter, and right away, let's go back to verses one and two. And I just wanted to get that in our eyes, so as that pops up here. Uh, Therefore, be imitators, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave Himself up up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So, the main message and challenge of Ephesians fifteen again is actually pretty simple. But the challenge in this chapter is pretty clear. We're encouraged to walk. In God's love and light, guess what? In a very dark world. You know what I love about flashlights? Can we turn the lights off, Ben? It doesn't matter how much dark there is. Can you even turn them off on me? There you go. You can have all kinds of dark that comes at you, that comes at me, and guess what? It won't win. It won't win. You could have a thousand pounds of darkness if there even is such a thing. But darkness never wins. It just can. As a matter of fact, it's so powerful and it's so amazing that it can travel literally millions and millions and millions of years from one spot to another because that is the nature of light. Okay, you can have lights back on me again. I have two heroes in this department, and I want to tell you about two people that uh, really mean a lot to me, and basically they're the embodiment of this. Um, There's a camp counselor. His name is Van, and uh, my dad. And we're going to be celebrating the anniversary of his death here in a few, uh, a few weeks. Uh, but let me tell you about Van first. Van was a camp counselor, and I met him when I was about your age, 7th, 8th grade, I think is when it was. Um, he was in charge at this one camp that I went to. And by the way, I grew up in Mexico, so my name is Enrique. My name is Enrique Ochoa. You killed my father. prepared to die. Name the movie? Very good. So I'm, in, I'm growing up. So I'm a little Q, I'm a little Enrique, and I'm speaking Spanish. And uh, so I met this one American missionary who was um, doing these camps, these Christian camps, and uh, this guy, Van, was just amazing. He was an amazing guy. Uh, He was in charge of that particular camp that I went to. Um, He was in charge of the games, and he was in charge of a lot of the music that went on in the chapel. So uh, one of the games that he was in charge of that I was a part of was this, um, on the big basketball court that they had, um, kind of on the outdoors. We had a paper airplane contest. And I came in third. So I came in third place in getting the paper airplane to go as far as he possibly could. But then he was also in charge of chapel music. And what I loved about Van is he had all this energy and he had all this enthusiasm and light. And uh, he did all kinds of, some of you know, know me know that I love noises. I'm fascinated by sounds. So I can whistle in all kinds of different ways. I can whistle with my vocal cords. Uh, I can, sneakers on a gym floor. I just like it, doesn't it? Uh, you can make it a drop. Uh, my real claim to fame is: Would you believe me? Would you bet me? We're not going to bet, but that I could whistle like two people. Okay, here we go: two-part harmony whistling, and this was inspired by my friendship with Van, by me getting to know Van. Does anybody want a Werther's? Do you want a Werther's? Okay, so Van in chapel, I gave her a Werther's. I got, anybody want a cough drop? There's another one. Okay, all right. Oh, chill out. Jeez. Uh, Oh, you need the wrapper? Uh, When I'm done, you can have it. So this is what Van would do in chapel. He would take the paper and he'd, He'd do hymns with it. He'd do like Jesus Loves Me or Amazing Grace. (laughs) Let's see if that is a little too thick. (laughs) Wrong kind of paper. I think the London one is better, but you get the idea, right? Okay, and then this was awesome. Check out this sound. This is how you get kicked out of seventh grade history. Let's try it again. Ready, Maddie? Here it comes. Ready, ready, there you go. So, uh, Van took a saw, and he would sit on a chair, a saw, and he would use the other side, you know, not the sharp end, and he'd take, like, one of those cello bows, and he'd put the the, the saw in between his knees, and he'd bend it and go, I mean, Van was just, he was just incredible, and he loved Jesus. It was so obvious. So, let me tell you what happened to Van. Van was a missionary, and he was going to, um, a lot of people, when they go to Mexico on vacation, where do they go? Cancun. Well, back go back 30, 40 years. When people went on vacation in Mexico, they went to a place called Acapulco. Anybody ever heard of Acapulco? So let me tell you about Acapulco. Acapulco is in the state of Guerrero, and Guerrero is a very, very poor state. They put all of their money, or at least they did in the day, into the tourism industry, and so the rest of the state was literally dirt poor. If you lived in Guerrero, you probably weren't doing very well. So... My friend Van was driving through the mountains and he was heading to Acapulco. So, this was on a Sunday evening, and Sunday evening is the day of the week where the farmer, the peasant farmers, come back from the fields and they drink. And they get absolutely hammered. And then they walk home. So, Van was driving on this highway, and around a corner comes a truck, and the lights blind him as he's driving. And Van isn't able to see that there's about 15, 20 peasant farmers driving by to the side of the road. And Van, without meaning to, it was a total accident, he plows into them and accidentally killed seven or eight. The farmers had machetes, and they were drunk. So they came after him with the machetes, and all Van could do was to put his arms up before his face so that they wouldn't, and they're slashing away, and thank God the Lord, somebody came to stop these angry... And they had every reason to be mad because seven, eight of their friends were killed. So he's all cut up and hacked up, and some guy, I think eventually the police came quickly. They take him to the hospital, but directly from the hospital, they throw him in jail. In, here in the States, for the most part, you're innocent until proven guilty. In Mexico, it's exactly the opposite. You're automatically guilty. So there was no trial. There was nothing van... He was like, what, 28, 30 years old? Automatically gets thrown in this pit of a jail. Remember, Guerrero is very poor. So however worse, however bad a jail situation is in this country, it's 10 times worse in Mexico, and that's where Van was. So my dad comes home and says, hey, and he tells me the story of what happened to Van, and I was just like amazed. That's like, oh, how uncool is that? So he said, why don't you write to Van? And I said, Dad, why do, why, why, he's not going to remember who I am. I mean, I remember him, but there were like literally a couple hundred of us at the camp. He's not going to remember who I am. So I wrote him a letter anyway, and about six or seven weeks later, I got a letter back from Van. It had been opened because the police, I mean, the guards had to open it because they didn't want any funky stuff going on. I'm sure they read the letter. So I get this letter back from Van, and guess what? He said, of course I remember you. You were the guy that came in third place in the paper paper airplane contest. He had no reason really to remember me. But he did. And this letter came back full of love and encouragement and faith and light, even though Van had gone through and was in this super dark place. And at the very end of the letter, I'll never forget it, was the verse Joshua one nine. And let me tell you, I know it by heart and I'll know it forever for the rest of my life. Mira que te mando que te esfuerzas y seas valiente. No temas ni desmayes porque Jehová tu Dios estará contigo en donde quiera que vayas. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed. For I, the Lord your God, am with you wherever you go. That verse meant so much to me that my oldest son, guess what his name is? Joshua. Van walked in God's love, and he showed the light of Christ to me. So, let's dive into these verses, okay? So, the verses in Ephesians 5, they very clearly, you need to pay attention to this, because Ephesians 5 helps us out a ton by showing us what darkness is. So, check this out. Darkness is sexual immorality. It's really not about gay or straight or transgender or fluid or whatever it is. It's about not honoring God with your sexuality. That's what God cares about. Darkness is full of people who don't give a crap about what God says about sex. Darkness is all, all also full of people that are coveting. Do you know what coveting means? Covetousness? I covet means I want what you have. And I want it so bad that I'll do anything to get it. So whatever somebody has, somebody in the neighbor, they have a car or whatever it is or the latest video game or whatever, I don't know what it is, you want it badly. Darkness is full of people wanting what other people don't have and not being able to be grateful for what they have. Darkness is full of filthy and foolish talk. Your words matter. Darkness is full of crude, it's in there. You have it on your lap. Darkness is full of crude joking. Unfortunately, my friends were full of these kind of crude jokes. And I hope I'm not offending anyone here, but here's, here's what I knew some friends would do. They'd go into somebody's house, they'd pull out the underwear drawer in their cabinet, and they'd take a poop in it and then close it and go away, and they thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I figured. Idols. Um, some of you have idols right with you, which is your cell phone or um, other material possessions. How about words that are empty that don't mean anything? A lot of words that are said between people in junior high and all ages and stages are nothing but empty words. That is what Ephesians 5 calls darkness. But thankfully, Ephesians 5 gives us a clear glimpse into what light is. So in these same verses, check out what the Bible says about what light light is. Light is sacrifice. Where I'm not selfish, but I do something for the sacrifice for the benefit of someone else. Light is full of the attitude of being thankful, of thanksgiving. Light is full of doing what is intentionally good and right and true. Light is trying with everything that you have to please God. It's not about just being smart, but light is about living and trying to obtain wisdom. And I love this one. Remember that little section? Be awake, O sleeper. You know what light is? Light is going through life awake. And not just, a lot of us are just going through life snoozing. But the encouragement to live a life full of light and love is, Hey, wake up! Pay attention to what's going on around you. And a life full of light is seeking God's will. So, I have a question for all of us. I want you to think about this. How do I know, how would you know, how would I know the difference between what is dark and light? So we live in an incredibly confusing culture. We have all these political battles going back and forth. Uh, the Democrats will say, this is right. Those that voted for Trump say, this is right. So how do I even know what is right or wrong, what is dark and light? Does anybody have an answer? How would you discern, how would you make the difference between dark and light? Anybody got an idea? What's that? Turn on your flashlight? Is that what you said? Okay, that's a good idea. So, okay, here's the deal. The answer is, and it's right at the beginning of what we read, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Walk closely enough with Jesus, read his word as often as you can, and his light and love and truth will begin to rub off on you. So I want to talk about my dad now real quickly. I am, by the way, that kid. I am that kid that wanted to grow up to be like his dad. I'm the one that I tried, I wanted to sound like him and be like him in every way that I could. If I could be just a fraction of the man that he was, that would be perfectly fine. So one of the things you need to know is because I hung out and I paid such close attention to my dad, people thought that we sounded alike, especially in Spanish. So I'm actually kind of proud of this one. One day I tricked his secretary. I called he worked at a school, and so I picked up the phone and I talked to his secretary, Alejandra, and I ordered lunch. And Alejandra went across the street to get lunch that she thought my dad was ordering because she thought I was him. <laughs> So I walk into, into the office, and I go to the desk, and I grab the lunch bag, and Alejandra says, what are you doing? That's not yours, that's your dad's. And I said, ah, I know exactly what's in here. So I told her what was in the bag, and I grabbed it. So she grabbed like a handful of pencils as I like ran out of the office, and I jumped over the desk, and she just threw these pencils at me. <laughs> she was a great gal. We laughed about it for years, but she actually thought that I was my dad. I was close enough to him that I sounded enough like him on the phone that she actually thought that I was him. I'll take it. I wanted to imitate Dad. I wanted to be like him in almost everything, and guess what? I still do. And thankfully, my dad was an imitator of Jesus. My dad walked in God's love, and he walked in his light, and I learned about Jesus so much because my dad loved Jesus. So this is one of my favorite photos of Dad. On March 30th, which is also Aaron's birthday, is the anniversary. It's the fifth anniversary of my So This is one of my favorite pictures because this, this is all you need to know about my dad. Kind of short Mexican guy with salt and pepper hair. He was always working with light. So here he is fixing the light that's in front of our house. Huh. It's a good pick. So again, I really, friends, young friends, not so young friends, um, let's just boil it down. Let's boil down Ephesians 5. To what I hope you'll take away with you, and it's this there is darkness, and it's scary. And darkness ends up in death. And it's not the kind of death where all of a sudden you fall asleep and you get buried and nothing happens. The Bible says that's not death. Death is suffering and pain and anguish and sorrow and darkness that lasts forever, all of eternity. But on the flip side, Ephesians says that there is light, and where there is light, there is life. And according to the Bible, life is an eternity in relationship with a loving and caring and wonderful and grace-filled God. Verse 8, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light, not just by yourself, but light, in the Lord. So, walk as children of light. So remember what I said at the beginning? God never stops pursuing you and me to walk with him in a relationship that is full of love and light. So to end, my encouragement is uh, Holmes Junior High, right? Pete, right? Uh, do we have anybody from out of town? Alright, love it. Um, walk as children of light. Uh, anybody going to and I currently? Walk as children of light. Walk in God's love. Walk with Jesus. And some of you are ready to hear this. Walk in such a way where you're encouraging people to walk away from the dark and into the light. Let me say that again. Some of you need to hear this challenge and you're ready to hear it. Walk in such a way that you are encouraging others away from darkness and into the light. I want to sing you a song. We'll get another microphone. Tim reminded me that, uh, Tim, when were you on caravan? Is Tim Walston here? When was the caravan that you gave your life to the Lord? 21 years ago. We got sound here? This is a song. I think you know people like this. And people need to hear about the light and love of the Lord. Uh, We'll play it. Let me pray. Thanks for listening. Ephesians 5 says, walk in God's love and light and share it with others. Her shaved head and her pierced nose, her big Rottweilers in her tie-dyed clothes, her Dr. Martins and her biker tights, her long black leggings on a hot summer night, and nobody calls her baby, nobody says I love you so, nobody calls her baby, so I guess she'll never Working boots and flannel shirts His sympathy is buried as deep as his hurts Long lonely walks with nowhere to go And his only appointment's with a TV show And nobody calls him baby Nobody says I love you so Nobody calls him baby So I guess he'll never know hardly whole she's losing her body to gain some control hours alone in some tanning salon she's trying a smaller and smaller size on nobody calls her baby and nobody says I love you so nobody calls her baby so I guess she'll never striped suit his wingtip shoes his laptop computer and his wall street news he makes the plane he wins his case but he hides his pain behind a poker face nobody calls him baby nobody says i love you so nobody calls him baby so i guess he'll never know Somebody loves those babies and somebody sees what we can't see. And somebody told them maybe those babies could be free. And somebody loves those babies and somebody sees what we can't Babies could be free, those babies would be free. Let me pray, Father you know our hearts, you know our lives, and there are people in here that are wrestling with darkness. There's many in here that are wrestling with this whole distinction between light and life and darkness and death. Satan would love to have us pretend that it's okay to feel alone, that it's okay to pursue the desires that we don't understand, that it would be okay to just ignore God to ignore the Bible, to not pay attention to going to church and to uh, the encouragement to worship you for who you are and what you've done for us. So, Father, I just pray that we would learn how to focus on you, to receive the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross for each one of us to invite us to walk in your love and your light, not only now but for all of eternity. So, Father, I just ask that you would give hope and comfort to anyone that really needs it, that you would also mobilize some of us that care and love you to reach out, to be light like Van, like my dad, in the life of somebody else. Father, specifically, I want to thank you for the volunteer leaders that are here, that that is what makes their heart beat. They want to be here because they want to share Jesus and how incredible it is to be connected to you through him. Father, um, keep our eyes and our hearts open to those that are hurting. And if we're hurting ourselves, help us to pay attention to your light and your love. Help us to walk in your light. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And together we say,